We're delighted now to be joined on the Sport and Limerick weekly soccer podcast by our usual contributors and analysts, Noel O'Connor and Jason O'Connor. Uh, Noel, we'll start with yourself this evening. They will, we'll look back now at the Cove Ramblers game from last Friday night. The draw between Limerick and our treaty and Cove. They obviously, it was, it was funny because, you know, if you were to say it at the start of the season, the team be sitting there with five points out of nine, unbeaten, one goal conceded, you would have been very happy. But there was a lot of frustration in the markets field after that game uh, last week because Cove were certainly there for the taking. And with the chances created, even with 10 men, uh, you know, you would have thought that the treaty could have got the three points. Yeah, I think there's no doubt. Um, there must be massive disappointment. Um, I thought even with 10 men, Treaty played excellently. They made all the chances. And um, I could see Tommy's frustration after the game. Um, they certainly left two points behind him. Um, I thought I, so far, Cove were by far the poorest team that uh, we have seen Treaty play. And um, I know they were cribbing and crying a little bit about the referee, but they certainly had had their own chances as well to win the game, which uh, which, which they failed to have taken. But I think they, they w- if they'd won the game, they were certainly full full value for, for that win. Yeah, would you agree with that, Jason? Obviously, a lot of frustration from the 3D players, the manager and anyone that was in the ground on that night and obviously watching on the stream, I'd imagine, as well because of the fact that it was a draw and, and not a victory, even with the 10 men, like we said. Um, it was it was probably a, a massive frustration. It was, Adrian. Frustration is the best, I suppose, uh, word for it, but... In the cold light of day, Tommy will sit back, he'll look at the performance and he'll be very pleased, obviously frustrated with, with Charlie Fleming and, and his stupidity because that's, I suppose, the best description for it. Um, you spoke about chances created, but it's that sending off on, on 30 minutes, really, that that Kaibosh treats his chances of, of all three points. Um, Treaty's chance to Edward McCarthy in the second half, obviously, but I think there was a a dramatic improvement in the performance in the in the first kind of thirty minutes. Okay, there was a slow start. Cove probably had a chance inside the first minute with Turner, but after about ten minutes, Treaty settled down and started moving the ball. And and as I said last week, looking to play the ball forward, and and there was quite a bit of that in kind of a twenty minute period. Um, a lot of it coming through Sean McSweeney and. I spoke about midfield players playing forward and, and Sean did that at every opportunity last week. They will be frustrated, but they'll be happy with the performance and happy in the knowledge that they're a better side than Cove and they should have got the three points. Yeah, and all I always remember you had a, a player when you were involved at Limerick FC uh, who almost became infamous and he was very self-destructive and Tomas Magali from Dublin. He used to get sent off fairly regularly, which would have frustrated you, or, or do remember. But in, in this case, I suppose you can't blame individuals. This is across the board. You have this this problem occurring where you've got three players sent off in the first three games, a real unwanted record, I can imagine. But Tommy waxed lyrical about keeping 11 men on the field before the Cove game. And arguably, the Charlie Fleming red card was definitely the worst of the three, which would have uh, you know, made, made Tommy irate and, and the management team and his own teammates irate as well. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, and Tommy also spoke about, you know, other other teams with players going down easily and um, looking for freeze and all that. And I suppose that's exactly what Charlie Fleming himself was doing. You know, he did, uh, it was 
initially a bit of simulation, like which uh, gave the yellow card, and then you know his his poor reaction, putting his hand up to the to the opposition that got him the red, you know, and you know it probably goes back to what we we said earlier in the year. He was talking about not getting a, a fair chance with uh, with Cork and um and possibly Cove as well, and you just uh, wonder was he a bit overwound up uh, in, in in terms of this game instead of just focusing on his performance, which is what we said before, like it shouldn't matter who you're playing, like you you know, you, you need to be up for it uh, for every single game and certainly you 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 need to keep your discipline. Yeah, it's frustrating as well, Jason. It's frustrating, excuse me, because you're looking at it now and you're you're saying will Treaty now become a target obviously for not only referees where you know you've got a reputation now of, of having players sent off. It might be easy for a referee to to take a disliking to you and also opposition players to wind you up uh, as well you know and that's that's another thing that Tommy won't want to, to creep in is is other teams and referees taking that disliking too yeah Tommy kind of was a bit critical of the referee afterwards but we got to understand Adrian that that referees are human beings and if if you're making their life difficult and you're giving them a difficult evening, then they're not going to give you the 50-50 decisions when they come about. And, and that's something that Treaty have to be kind of, um, I suppose, sure about going forward. They have to understand that. That No one made the point last week, the referees talk, and it's out there now, I suppose, in social media and the public domain, obviously, that three red cards in the first three games. So referees talk and, and as I said they like a handy evening and if they think it's going to be treaty that's going to give them a difficult evening or, or last Friday uh, sending off after 30 minutes and the referee is saying am I going to be putting up with this for the next 45 minutes then I'm not going to give them a fair shake and that's the reality of it you know Tommy referenced opposition teams going down too easily and stuff like that but look that's part of the modern game that's not new um, treaty have to be disciplined they have to be more I suppose professional in their approach. Um, we're all for this siege mentality and and defending and being a unit and being tough, but there's a discipline that has to be added to that, and at the moment that's missing. Yeah, it seems to be the case for sure. And uh, all we as as Jason Lewis said, Tommy was very critical of the referee Declan Cole. He wasn't the only one. Jack Lynch, the captain, was also quite critical. Um, as it turned out, I, I was speaking to Mark Ludden last night and. At the time, it looked in real time that he might have been able, he might have been able to be awarded a penalty. He said it, it definitely wasn't a penalty himself. He admitted uh, yesterday evening, and obviously the Toy Groin incident, where you know Treaty felt that there there was no consistency from the referee in the fact that he had given a decision to Sean Barron uh, in goals, uh, you know, for a foul, and then they felt that Toy Groin was impeded. But to be fair, in my own opinion, anyway, Noel. It seems to be that goalkeepers get away with murder a lot and, and there's very little physical activity. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but it just feels like maybe I think that might have been a soft one if it was given in a treaty's favour, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And it's always been the case that the keeper always gets the benefit of the doubt. If you touch the keeper at all, it's nearly guaranteed to be a free out. And that's the way it's always been. And uh, just back to Jason's point as well, and I think it's important, like if, if if your bench has the kind of mindset every week that you know you're going to roar and ball at every every decision that you think goes against you or, or think that that that's how you in, influence the referee, I think you know. And you talk about the modern game; it's not only the players have changed, but the referees have as well. And there was a time before where you know if you were barking at at a referee, he'd he'd have a go back at you and tell you to shut up, and that'd be the end of it. 
But nowadays, um, you know, they are quite sensitive, I'd say. And, you know, if you're going to shout for every decision, you'll probably end up with none. And you're probably better off just to keep a cool head for a long time. And when there is a big decision to be made, maybe that's the time to put the pressure on and hopefully it goes your way. But, uh, you know, it's important that they don't go down that route of saying, you know, we were robbed by the referee or we didn't get a fair shake or whatever, like, because, you know, and we would have heard this before, like, oh, overall in a season, you'll get some decisions that will go your way. I'm sure Treaty will get a soft penalty before the end of the season and there'll be no one saying in Treaty, oh, it was a very soft penalty, we shouldn't have really got it. Yeah, that, that, that certainly will be the case, uh, you'd imagine. Jason, we mentioned, obviously, you know, they've, they've conceded just one goal in three games. That's brilliant, as you said, and, and all that. But they, you also mentioned, you know, there was a lot more attacking intent, which was important as well. And as we mentioned before the season, Sean McSweeney, as we mentioned, will obviously be vital. Uh, scored a great goal on, on the night, capitalising on Darren Murphy's stake. Great setup by Joel Kustrain as well. Uh, so, you know, that, that was a real positive to take from that night as well. It was, Adrian. Look... I suppose, from the forward's point of view, I was watching Kieran Hanlon's position as, as Sean McSweeney's ball came across the goal. Um, and before there, Murphy turned it into his net, Kieran Hanlon was positioned right behind him, uh, waiting for a tap in. And that was something I was hopeful for. I'm hopeful that Kieran will get off the mark um, pretty quickly. Because um, it'll do wonders for his confidence and he's working really hard on his fitness side of things. He's working really hard for the team when the ball comes up to him. Um, and he deserves a goal, and that was that was something that I just picked up on, I suppose, the other night when I was watching it. He spoke about Max Sweeney, he makes such a difference, and, and I alluded to it there earlier about playing forward all the time, and keep an eye on that Friday night. He looks to play forward at every opportunity, and, and possibly when we get Dean George and Connor Melody into the team with a bit more mobility in front of him, that um, we might be able to see even more assists coming from Sean, but... And your point about the referee, just finally, I suppose, and, and the Ty Ryan incident, you know, and, and I'd agree with Noel, we don't want to be going down the road of, of criticising refs and looking for every decision. Personally, I didn't think it was a free out. Um, you're allowed to challenge the goalkeeper. The punch didn't clear the box. And obviously, it was a super finish from, from Darren Walsh. But up to that, Ty Ryan was fantastic. As I said, great save in the first minute um, from Turner. Came from a couple of crosses and and Cove didn't really create anything really clear-cut. They'd won from O'Leary just before half-time, but very good with his feet, Tyg, kicking off the ground with both feet. But he'll be disappointed with the goal <coughs> that, he, <coughs> excuse me, that he conceded. We can't be looking to the referee for stuff like that. Come and punch it. Make sure the punch clears the box and clears the danger and obviously try to get back in position quickly. Yeah, certainly. And, and Noel, were you... Surprised by how lethargic and, and how poor Cove were. I know that after the game, when I was waiting to do my, my post-match interviews, Stuart Ashton kept that team locked in the dressing room for 15, 20 minutes and there was a lot of shouting coming from it. Uh, he was very frustrated, felt they didn't make the extra man work. Um, it's, it's, it's something, you know, we, we didn't exactly say that Cove would be really high up in the table. I know that a couple of us said they weren't even going to make the, the playoffs, but has it surprised you the way they've started the season? Because they certainly can't, Blame experience or, or even lack of options in the, in the squad, really? No, I thought they were very poor. I just said at the start briefly, I thought they were far and away the poorest team we've seen. Um, it didn't look like that Treaty had a man less. I thought Treaty played really good football in the second half as well. 
particularly down the left-hand side. Um, I actually thought at half-time, two things. I was wondering where Cove were going to get their goal, even though they, uh, they had a man extra, and I had a little fear that there was a little chance the treaty might end up with nine, just the way the game was going and the frustration coming from the bench. But obviously, uh, I was, well, obviously not about... The Cove goal, I was wrong about that, and I was happy to be wrong about the about the sending off as well. But certainly very, very poor, I thought. I thought Treaty were miles better than them. And certainly if if they hadn't had that moment of, of stupidity, I could have seen them win that, that game by a couple of goals. Which, you know, and I know it's it's very early in the season, but you know, as Jason would have said, we do wonderful confidence. You know, Kieran Hanlon might have even knocked in one, you know, the third one maybe and you know, all those games, every goal is massive in this league. Every point is massive in this league. And you you certainly would be frustrated because they've certainly left two points behind them, which, you know, later on the season, they, you know, they might regret not having them. Yeah, speaking of confidence, Jason, uh, there was one agonising moment in the second half. Uh, you were talking about confidence for Kieran Hanlon scoring. It would have done Ed McCarthy's confidence a lot of good, but he would have taken a tiny bit of a battering, I suppose, afterwards his confidence when, when he missed that chance in front of the goal. Now, don't get me wrong, I know Darrell Walsh did well to intervene, but you got to bundle that ball over the line after Mark Ludden's uh, long busting run and the keeper not even in the goal. It was absolutely agonising, wasn't it? It was, Adrian, but, and you rightly said, the keeper wasn't in the goal. and That was down to Edward because as the ball came in, his first touch was exquisite. It took him past the goalkeeper and, and nearly in to the six-yard line. Unfortunately for him, the ball got cut under his feet. Look, and he's a young player, maybe someone with a bit of experience. Look, could have just somehow shuffled it in or got it over the line, but great interception by Dar Walsh, I suppose, and a good evening for him when he factored in the goal as well. Um, you were saying they're disappointed in Cove, and I certainly was myself. I was one that tipped him for the playoffs and, and to be up and around that, but I was disappointed in their approach, Adrian. They just seemed to push bodies forward in the second half. You know, the two strikers, the two wingers. And what they did, in effect, was kill the space. They had nowhere to play into. Treaty just dropped right in with their back four. They held their shape in front of, in front of that as well. And there was no space for Cove to create, and they didn't really even look like scoring. So I suppose that makes it even more heartbreaking for Edward. would have been great for him to get off the mark. But I thought he'd done really well when he came on, used the ball very well. And he's grown into the side. Yeah, it actually is very positive to see a young player, you know, work so hard and, and really have pride in the jersey, Jason. I will agree with you on, on that one. Noel, face a big game tomorrow evening. Galway United in Eamon DC Park. Galway, it's fair to say, have had a very frustrating start to the season. Now we, we can get on to the decision to award them three points for the Cabinteely game in a while, and we will do. Uh, but they haven't won on the field yet, obviously suffered a disappointing result against that loan, 3-1 defeat. Uh, nil all frustrating night from against the 10-man Shelburne for the majority of the game on the first night. Um, you know, what? do you think that John Caulfield will persist with the 3-5-2 system that he has employed for the start of the season? Uh, because he obviously changed, had to change very quickly against that loan, but do you expect him to revert to type uh, tomorrow evening against Treaty? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think he probably will. I think he's not a guy... You know, to ditch something, if if he obviously thought at the start of the season it was the way he wanted to play and he had to change against that loan, I think, you know, the fact that they're at home tomorrow, um, they certainly haven't started the fire yet. 
um, it's a kind of a, a free shot for, for Treaty, I think. And, you know, at the start of the year, we spoke about Galloway. And I, I look, and I might be held up to be wrong again, but I can't see them scoring a massive amount of goals in the game. I don't need Treaty to have a lot to fear. I think that, you know, that Galloway might monopolise the ball. But I think, you know, the way Treaty have improved a little bit, that they might get a chance, a bit like at Lone at the start, on a counter-attack, you know, to maybe nick a goal. And if they could, you know, it would be a real test for Galway, who who haven't really got going. And, like, they, I, I remember being in matches myself, and I, and I would have said after them, you know, got murdered 1-0. And I think, you know, Galway could be one of those teams where, you know, you, you, you'll hardly see the ball and you will feel like that you were beaten 3 or 4-0 and the score might be 1-0 at the end. So, you know, if, if you play a team like that, that, you know, are not kind of uh, free-scoring when they're on, on top in the game, in terms of territory and possession, always gives you a little chance maybe to nick a point or or even something better. So um, definitely a tricky game for, for Galway United. They haven't played last week. As you said, they've been awarded the points, but, you know, it's it's still an advantage to Treaty on a bit of a better run, if you like, you know, with the draw last week and disappointed with the draw and another 90 minutes under their belts and going up the road as underdogs and nothing to lose. So, you know, it's really, really hard to predict what way this game will go. Yeah, uh, certainly. And, and that's the position we were hoping to be in rather than going up there with, with a lot of fear to aim in DC Park. Uh, Jason, we mentioned obviously how hard Kieran Hanlon was working at the start of, of, of the season and so far, you know, he, he has done. It's it's one thing I noticed though against that loan was I felt that even though at loan, or Galway, excuse me, do possess pace, Going forward, maybe on the wings, and that you know, the um, they they were cut out three times by pace. I felt against that loan, uh, in the in the game in, in Lizzie Woolen, especially down the Stephen Walsh side of things, uh, with Adam Wickstead, uh, James Duna, and Stephen Meany. It's probably a night where we would have loved maybe to have a player maybe like Dean George and then the likes of Connor Melody there, uh, as well as Joel Kustrand to cause them uh, more hassle down the sides. Yeah, most definitely, I suppose, Adrian, at Lone took the approach with Galway that they were going to press him in the middle of the field and they weren't, they weren't going to let Shane Duggan and, and Conor McCormack have time on the ball to be dictating the play. And I suppose that's a, a tactic that Tommy might employ um, tomorrow night. Um, I'd be tempted if it was myself to let him have it in certain areas <clears throat> um, and get your press sorted and get your shape ready for when you do press and win the ball. And as he rightly said, and we touched on it last week, it's it's when we win the ball, where are we going with it from there? You know, uh, you'd expect to see, I suppose, Clyde O'Connell back in the middle tomorrow night after suspension. Um, and that's only because Charlie Fleming is out and, and Jack will go back to right full. Um, I suppose we'll have Matt Keane on the wing. And while he's out of position still, he's been doing really, really well, but he's not going to run anybody. That's a certainty. I suppose that pace that you're talking about or, or exposing maybe Stephen Walsh on that side of, of Galway's defence might be Joel Custrain's responsibility, really, because he's the only one that we expect to start with. We kind of a bit of pace about him, but there's nothing stopping Sean McSweeney doing a third-man run, I suppose, when, when Kieran holds up the ball. But that would be my approach, get in amongst Shane Duggan and McCormick in the middle of the park, let him have it at the back if they want to play around with it back there. When they come to the middle of the park, press hard, win the ball, and then you're looking for Joel, Sean McSweeney, and Kieran Hanlon. 
Yeah, and all do you expect that to be the approach in midfield? Because it's it's a funny one. I've often seen nights, obviously, when Shane Duggan was was captain and, and midfielder for Limerick FC, where you know teams set back very deep, and Duggan struggled maybe to orchestrate things from from that position. And do you expect with a tight pitch in AMDC Park that they will employ Treaty will employ the same type of uh, approach that they did against Bray maybe uh, a couple of weeks ago? I think they will. I think um, the game will dictate that. I think they will play deep. I don't expect them to play high like it. I mean, obviously, it's been successful for them so far. You know, they, they haven't been hugely adventurous, which is fair enough. Um, and having watched the the first game, the, the Galway-Shelburne game, even with all, with all the possession that McCormick and Duggan had in that game, and we watched it, you know, they didn't really get a chance to create a whole lot because Shelburne had sat in, if you like, with the 10 men. And I'm sure the treaty with the 11 that wanted to that time, will, you know, would probably do the same and try to frustrate them. And, you, you know, you think for Galway now at the moment, it shouldn't take a huge amount to frustrate them. And certainly what treaty don't want to do tomorrow even is, is to concede an early goal. So the longer that game goes on at nil all, the more frustrated that, you know, the Galway players and probably management will be getting as well. And uh, it'll be another night for certainly that resilience that Treaty have shown and shown really, really well. But if they can just add that bit, that bit of discipline on top of that and make sure that they do hold on to the 11 players, you know, there's certainly no reason why they can't create a bit of surprise by getting at least a draw, if not more. Yeah, Noel is certainly right there, Jason, that, you know, mm. it's, it's vital that you don't concede early because... Galway, there's a lot of pressure. I was just to be speaking to Vinnie Farty there, uh, who'll be on co-commentary duty in MDC Park, and he said that Galway do struggle when teams sit back against them, and you know he feels that the strikers wouldn't be suited against that. Uh, they obviously haven't uh, set the world alight, and we did highlight, and I mentioned that to him. We did highlight that you know the likes of Parry Cunningham and Rory Keaton aren't standout names uh, if you be struggling to see where the goals come from. So it's important the likes of Anto O'Donnell, Sean Gearns, Mark Walsh do what they've been doing since the start of the season, and as you said, get in amongst it and make it a really uncomfortable night now for Galway. Well, definitely, and, and I suppose I was looking at Mark Walsh the other night, um, or last week, I should say, against Cove, and and the 50-50 tackle that, that he put in, it was blatant for everyone to see, I suppose, in the middle of the park with Stephen O'Leary, and it led to O'Leary going off injured. And and I was kind of smiling to myself for our Noel's comment last week about the game not being so much of a battle anymore. But if you look at Anto O'Donnell and you look at Sean Gearns, you look at Mark Walsh, you look at Matt Keane, you look at Jack Lynch, you look at Mark Ludden, so far this season, they've been looking to make every game a battle. And... And that's going to be the case again tomorrow night. You've got to upset people like Shane Duggan, Conor McCormack, let them live off reputations. If they're going to have a reputation, force them to deliver on the pitch. And they haven't been delivering. So you can nip away at the confidence of Galway by not conceding early, as no one says. And first goal is vital. But if Treaty can keep it scoreless for maybe the first 20 minutes, get a foothold in the game and start imposing themselves then from there then the result isn't out of the question. You know, Parry Cunningham's a doubt for tomorrow night, as is our own Killian Bruder and, and Conor O'Keefe for, for Galway. So, as we keep saying, they're not blessed in, in the final thirds. They lost Francie Lillambato, as we said earlier in the season, with a broken leg. So, they're not turning in loads of goals. It's a, it's our job, or Treaty's job, to, to make it a difficult evening for them. Do not give them anything easy. 
force them into mistakes and, and get a foothold in the game. Yeah, you'd hope, obviously, Noel, there's obviously a tiny bit of spice to the game. I know Jason uh, said that, obviously, Killian Bruder is a doubt and he has had his injury troubles at Galway. We know that Shane Duggan will be playing there, two ex-Limerick uh, FC players. I know it's a different club, but, you know, there's a lot of similarities uh, to the two in terms of supporters, etc. Uh, you also have Jack Lynch and Mark Ludden uh, going back to him in DC Park, particularly Mark Ludden, Galway native, and, and has obviously played there uh, for years. And I suppose a word on, on Ludden, again, he was the oldest player in the... He was the oldest player in the team last week, but he was making a lot of forward runs even with the 10 men. And it, it's hard to affect the game from left back, but he's certainly been driving the team on like we hoped he would uh, in the opening three games. And, and hopefully that continues and, and, and in the game tomorrow night. Not. Yeah, listen, I think he's been outstanding. He's certainly been the outstanding player for me. Um, he really badly wanted to win that game last week. He took a by the scruff of the neck, particularly the last 10 or 15 minutes for... You know, there'd probably be a little bit of you saying, geez, you know, we've only 10 men and we have a point. We don't want to lose it. And you'd be nearly saying, you know, for your full back to stay at home. But, you know, I think he sensed it. He sensed that three were better. He sensed they had a chance. Um, he, you know, he set up a couple of great chances. Um, and I think in the right way, he'll be up for the game tomorrow night. Um, you know, if we compare him to Charlie Fleming, who was up for the game last week, but probably in... in the wrong way. I wouldn't have any worries about the likes of Mark Mark Ludden losing his head. Um, he seems to be very, very professional in his approach, the way he plays. And uh, Jason mentioned Joel Coltrane, and I suppose I thought, in fairness, last week was the day for you know for him to really shine. A guy who's played in the Premier League with Shamrock Rovers a couple of years ago. Um, I would have expected a little bit more out of him, particularly in the second half when. And the game was in the balance and how, how well his left back was playing. So I think it's probably a night for him certainly to maybe just step up his performance a little bit and show us a little bit more because Jason, in fairness, has mentioned four or five guys and he's spot on who've done very well. And, and we're talking about Mark Ludden, we're, uh, we're talking about Sean McSweeney. We need uh, Joel Coltrane uh, to get to that level of, what, of the level of performance that those guys are doing and maybe just put a bit a little bit of shine, a little bit more shine on, on, on the overall uh, performance. Yeah, we certainly hope that is the case going forward, Noel. Jason, we mentioned earlier, uh, only in passing, that Galway were awarded three points and they're coming in now to this game on the back of three points without actually kicking a ball. Uh, they were awarded three points for the postponement of the Cabin Teeley game last week due to the positive Cabin Teeley uh, COVID case. Uh, do you agree with the decision to award him three points? I know on a personal note, I'm, I'm from reading between the lines, I certainly am uh, beginning to think that it was the right approach because apparently the FAI have made every club aware that, you know, if you've got 14 to 15 fit players, even if you have a COVID case or two, as long as they're not close contacts, that, you know, that you, you should be able to field the team. So it cuts out the likes of, of calling games off like this three and four hours beforehand. Yeah, it does, it does, Adrian, and and of course I'll agree with the decision. Um, the FEI obviously set out the clear boundaries for people around COVID, and and we are the safest sport. That's that's widely accepted, you know, and it's because of the the stringent guidelines, I suppose, that are in place, and it's helping the the whole country, I suppose, recover from from COVID and its and its restrictions. We're all delighted that restrictions are eased, but. It's imperative that clubs follow the guidelines, I suppose, Adrian. And while it'll be a welcome three points for Galway, there'll be no one looking at league tables just yet. And how much it'll do for morale in the camp is debatable. 
I know among players, when you're when you're given three points, of course you're glad, but it's not going to lift the spirits of the group. Don't get me wrong. The only thing that's going to do that is is a good performance from from the players on the pitch. We've seen the start that they've made. Very slow start. They look at it two points dropped against Shells. Athlone beat them and deservedly beat them. Um, so gaining the three points off of the Kevin Teeley game, while welcome, won't necessarily mean wonders for morale for Galway. And, and that's something we can really play on tomorrow night and give them nothing easy. Don't give them a goal. Get in their faces and, and make it very, very difficult for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a quick glance now at the fixtures from last week, the results, should I say, uh, will give you an indication as to how unpredictable, I suppose, this division is going to be every week to predict results. Shelburne just about got over the line against Wexford 1-0. I, I, I heard without actually seeing the game that Wexford had good chances themselves to, to score before Shelburne had even got the goal. Um, you also have Athlone Town picking up a 1-0 win with a, a late James Duna goal against um, Cork City. And obviously the nil all draw at UCB and Bray. So it really does feel like we could be at least halfway into the second round of games before we see a, a pattern in this division emerging. Certainly, yeah, we would have said that as well. And um, like there is five teams or six teams that, you know, will feel that they're in with a show. Certainly now, certainly the first series of games, it's normally into the second series before you get a small bit of a pattern. But uh, no, no massive surprises, really. Um, you probably, the, the Cork game looked like it was petering out for a draw between Athlone. Uh, there was a bad mistake by by a Cork defender, which let Athlone in. And that's, that's the way it's going at Lone or getting the wins, a little bit of confidence, and that kind of breeds to more wins. And that's why we said, say, earlier on, that it's not only the three points you get, say, if, if three of you got them last week, but the confidence it gives the group. H- having got the win, you know, it, it generally gives you a, a better chance to, you know, to get into a run. But uh, it's early days yet. And as you say, the, the results are all over the place. Yeah, and as I always finish on uh, putting you on the spot, my, my favourite moment to ask you, Jason, what you think the, your or what your prediction will be? Excuse me for the game tomorrow evening between uh, Galway and Treaty. I think Treaty are well capable of getting a draw, Adrian, um, and they take a draw after we're given it. Now I believe. Look, we're making predictions, we're guessing on it. It could easily go against them if if they concede early and Galway get a foothold in the game. But look, you're asking me for a call. I think Treaty are capable of getting a draw out of there and they'd be delighted if they did. Yeah, Noel, what about your own prediction? Yeah, I was kind of intimated now. I think I can see Galway uh, scoring a hat full of goals and, you know, with that and just the way things are going from, I, I could see it being a one-all draw. Yeah, but to be honest, I know you were saying Treaty and... and the management team will take a draw. I think we all agree that that would be a good result to keep the main, uh, maintain the unbeaten run. Uh, so once again, thanks very much to Jason and Noel for joining us this evening on the Sporting Limerick Sock Podcast. Great insight, uh, as always. And also, I'd, I'd like to say that we have a, an interview that was pre-recorded with Vinny Farty that will be up on the page also as well uh, to preview the game tomorrow night. And he actually talks about his own career as well with... Uh, various league one clubs including that helter skelter season with limerick fc in 2015 so this after this video if you want to tune in and, and look at that in five or ten minutes time that's also great but thanks very much for joining us lads cheers adrian cheers Noel. thank you adrian thanks jess